Golly, it's Wednesday. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, my dears from Mexico. I hope you are loving following along on our tropical adventures over on Instagram. And speaking of following along, today's topic is content that has come out of my Instagram stories. So if you are not following along over there, that is honestly the place that I am hanging out the most and how we end up DMing and having conversations and where I'm doing Q&A and taking polls. It's how I create content, get to know you, Um, not to mention it's where all of our magical travel stories to inspire and delight you are taking place. So come on over if we are not hanging out there already on The Daily. But I posted this on Instagram stories. Yesterday, I was asked if 58 is too old to start a business. And as context for that, I had been teaching a live class to aspiring entrepreneurs, and I got this question on the live call. I gave the answer. I had multiple other women chime in on the live call that they were in that same age demographic. And then I had seen this in my feed that morning. I put this little uh, snippet on the stories. It was from someone who said, I didn't start my life and ministry until I was 40. I didn't write my first book until I was 42. I didn't start my podcast until I was 46. At 36, I thought my life was over. At 47, I know it's just beginning. Keep going. Never give up. Watch your life soar. That's someone called Real Talk Kim that I follow on Instagram. And that inspired me to think we were just having this conversation yesterday. Somebody missed that. Somebody's already forgotten it and needs to hear it again. So I said, yesterday I was asked if 58 is too old to start a business. No, we live in a culture that prizes youth, 30 under 30. Meanwhile, I'm personally obsessed with how old people are when they do to some, do something. I notice the Megans, meaning Meghan Markle, and Amals, meaning Amal Clooney, who marry the mo- world's most eligible bachelors after having a successful career. I notice the Laura Derns having more career success than ever in her late 50s. I notice the guy in Two Popes who gets his first Oscar nom for lead actor in his 70s. Even if you're 25, don't tell yourself, quote, you have to do X by 30. You're prizing youth. Celebrate that whenever it happens, it will inspire someone else. And the thunder rolled and the lightning striked. Okay, that didn't happen. But I got more DMs than anything I have posted in a while. And what struck me was the diversity in age of the people that were so moved by this. A gal said, needed to hear that tonight. I will be 37 in April. I have three semesters before I graduate law school. I own a business with my husband, but the past few months, I've been fighting these thoughts that I should have, quote, made it at this point in my life. Then God reminds me that he is never late. Everything is happening as it should. Then I tell myself, be still, my soul. Thank you for the extra reminder to keep pushing. Another woman said, thank you. I'm 57 and have had this thought so many times. I'm not going to give in and let it conquer me but the thought lingers. Another, thank you. I can't hear this enough as a 50 plus woman. Another, I'm 25, but went to a Christian school where so many people are married by 22 that I know it sounds crazy to people outside, but at 25, I really feel behind on where everyone else is. And it can get to me already feeling old or over the hill. Obviously I'm exaggerating because what's right in front of me is that 25 is when you're married and already have had your first baby. And another, girl, 
I'm 33 and I have so many friends who are focused on their quote before 30 bucket lists. It just makes me feel like, well, gosh, I guess I failed that I didn't get to those things. So I have five things that I want to share today. Number one, as I said in that post, our culture prizes youth. We are so into those 30 under 30 lists and only on Instagram memes do I see it celebrated how old people are when they do things. And I I notice that there when people are like, you know, so-and-so had their first TV show at this point and got their starring role on this and had their first New York Times bestseller and got their first work published. And I do see that we celebrate that through Instagram memes, but I don't see it many other places. I don't see it popping up in my news feed, in articles from Vogue or Entrepreneur or any of the other things that are coming up. Whereas for me, personally, I love it. I don't care that I did launch a million dollar business or get married or whatever by whatever certain age, because those are now things in the past. Like, it's not over. I have more dreams. I want to do more things. I want to be someone who just did an awesome new thing at 60 or at 80. So I want to look ahead and not at the things that are behind me, not at the things that I missed. And I didn't realize really until this conversation came up, it hadn't stood out to me how much I do that, that I am always looking for what age people are at. And it's not even because I'm anywhere close to that age. It's just the mindset that I want to have that says, look how much more life there is. <laughs> look how much more there is to do. Like the, you know, the, the night is young. So number two, notice that culture is focused on it, but we don't have to be. I've noticed for years, why is it that so many articles say how old people are? Do you notice that? When you're reading an article, it'll be like, George Clooney, comma, 58, comma, and Amal Clooney, comma, like, and it's not just celebrity stuff. There's just so many pieces where it's like they, they're just looking for little details to fill in. I noticed this when I was wedding planning. Great takeaway here for anyone who's wedding planning. Really slow down and notice that when you're reading these articles, they got to have something to write. I mean, everybody's wedding is pretty much the same, right? So they got to have something there. So they end up pointing out all these little tiny details about the wedding. And then when you're planning, it can make you feel like you've got to have all of these little tiny details because that's how someone describes a wedding. Well, they do if your wedding is written up in Martha Stewart's, Stewart and Brides. And yes, in my case, I did want my weddings written up in those. Um, so I was aware of those things, but I think it should really stand out that that's not the way a normal person talks about a wedding. You know, they don't have 18 little tiny details of exactly how their escort escort cards were and what the name of the signature cocktail was, whatever. So another one that I notice is start to pay attention how often an, an age is in an article and it is actually completely irrelevant. Like, why are they not also being like, and she weighs 182 pounds and makes a salary of $72,000 a year and her bank balance at present is like, why is age the thing that we're so focused on? With these other things, we'd be like, wouldn't it be shocking to you if you read an article that was not about weight and all of a sudden it stated the woman's weight? Be like, what the heck is going on? If it was not one of those articles of like, how a, you know, how to survive on a 70,000, what it looks like to live on a $70,000 budget in, you know, Chicago or whatever. Like there's articles like that. If you're like, nope, this was just a random 
article about like, you know, how to dual parent. And they're like, what did this, what did the amount of money that they have to do make with it? And I saw something the other day, I can't remember what it was, but it was about a stylist. I was reading the article. Oh, she's like the stylist for princesses Beatrice and Eugenie or whatever. And it specifically said like, you know, Madeline, who declined to give her age, da 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 da. And I was like, okay, excuse you. Like, what a snarky thing to say. I want to say another word, but like, what a snarky thing to say to be like, just why do you have to include it? Why did you have to say that? Like, there was such a snarky thing of you to do. So, why, question, why do you care knowing how old someone is? Is it just because culture cares? And so they're, making you focus on it or have you absorbed that what are you making it mean that you're ahead do you feel better when you're younger than someone that you're behind do you feel badly you know so what that someone started earlier or later or moved faster and got delayed like does it really matter in your life I think it's just worth noting this is something culture focuses on. This is something culture prizes. And I've been so aware that we are focused on not retouching and you know not photoshopping and not promoting diet culture. And there's a lot of things about beauty that we are really paying attention to. But I haven't really heard people be like, can we start calling magazines and newspapers out for the fact that we don't need to know everyone's age, just like we wouldn't say weight or, you know, bank account balance or whatever. And so I would say unfollow anyone who promotes this like pay attention there was a girl and th- I thought I screenshotted it I couldn't find it in my st- my photos not that I would have called her out anyways but I wanted to like remember what the examples were there was some blogger that I saw you know people make those IG stories templates and it's like this or that or like describe like circle the things that apply to you check off the things and list that apply to you and popped up on my explore feed at one point and it was like 30 things to do before you were 30. And I hit the ceiling. I was like so enraged. I'm like yelling to Jeremy, who's like not understanding. I'm like, so flipping ridiculous. Like, I haven't done half of these things. Like, what? And it riled me up in the exact same way that it riles me up when there is a list that says 12 items every woman needs in her closet. Because as a personal stylist, I can tell you that I have never read one of those lists and I had all those things in my closet. And you know what, girl? I'm fine. I'm fine. Sometimes I weep alone in my closet because I don't have a pencil skirt, but most of the time I'm fine because I don't have a life where I need to wear a pencil skirt and neither do you if you work for a tech startup or if you are a mom of little humans that you are crawling around after. Like, So I get riled up about these things in general that say this is a quippy title that feels like cute, quick content to create. It's clickbait. We know people love numbers. But at its heart, this is about making people feel inadequate if they can't check all the things off the list. Now, again, I don't even remember the name of that blogger, so I'm not calling anyone out. But you see that? You unfollow. Unless you're like, listen, this is a once in a blue moon thing. I love 99% of the things this person does. But if you start noticing like, you know what? I'm following this girl that's really into her 30 before 30. I'm following this woman that is really about her age or whatever – And I don't really like it. We talked about mindful Instagram a couple weeks ago. Like, pay attention. Is it in the articles that you're reading? Is it in the magazines you're reading? Is it in your Instagram? Are you 
you know, you guys know that I'm a fan of the Bachelor franchise, and this season has been especially young. And just how are you feeling about that? Does it give you feelings like be honest about it and challenge them and question them? rather than, you know, like just being like, ugh, everyone on The Bachelor is so young. Like I'm probably too old to even go on The Bachelor, even though like I'm single. So how am I ever going to meet someone? Like, yeah, those girls are like on their, okay, now I'm going to say something that is offensive to 23-year-olds and I don't really mean it, okay? But just I'm going to be snarky for a minute. Yeah, because 23-year-olds are like a dramatic basket case. So they're going to make for great TV. You don't want a 35-year-old woman on there with a PhD. Like she's not going to give you the drama that you want. Of course, that's going to be better. Now, again, I would like to say, I'm sure there are a lot of enlightened 23 and under women that are listening to this podcast. But let's be honest, guys, those those drama girls on on the podcast. Yeah. Like Victoria F is listening to the You're Welcome podcast. I mean, Victoria, I love you, girl, and I give you grace if you are. I just don't think that props you are. Um, Okay, so number three. So stop focusing on it yourself. That culture is focused on it, but we don't have to be. So stop focusing on it yourself. Do not give yourself the goal to get to X countries by X time. Like whatever these lists are that you're coming up with, whatever the number is in your head, challenge it. That's a thought. You can make a different thought. And it might sound fun right now, maybe if you're on the youngerish side of the spectrum. But what you're saying is there's a ticking clock on your age. And before you notice, that suddenly is going to feel a lot more pressure than right now. It just felt fun. Now, if it stays fun for you, amazing. If you own every birthday and it brings you joy every year to do something, great. Of course, do what brings you joy. But don't worry about what age you're going to have babies if you're not if you're not in a relationship right now, you know, and now notice if you are worried, then work on that. You know, like, is it feasible to do egg freezing? Egg freezing is not inexpensive. So that's why I say, is it feasible? Um, Pay attention to beautiful stories of adoption. Even if every cell in your being is like, I, I am determined to have a biological baby and I am 35 and single. Girl, you keep praying for that. You keep, you know, You don't have to like say that that dream is going to die by any means. But at the same time, could you just expand your vision without being resistant, without being angry, without being bitter? Could you just expand your vision to be like, and simultaneously, I am going to take notice of beautiful stories of adoption. And I just want to say on that one front, my heart has changed so much in the area of ways we would have babies, ways we would have a family. Story for another time. But I remember a distinctive conversation Jeremy and I had on our first half date. Um, We had a half date. And I distinctly remember something that he said. And then I'm like, I feel so differently about that. When did that even change? So I know that our hearts really can change for these things. And I wasn't changing because I had a door close. I just, life changes. I don't know. Um, Focus on other things that will bring you joy. If you are so focused on wanting to be a mom Like, and that's your thing, you know, and everybody has their thing. But I just know for a lot of women, because the reality is this is different for women. And a huge part of it is the the ticking time clock of having children. A huge part of it is just our cultural stories in general and older men dating younger women and older leading men in Hollywood or whatever. There's a lot of things. But I do really have empathy for the fact that for those of us that have not had biological children yet and may want them, like it's a legit thing. And I'm not saying this just because I'm married that I'm like, hey, you go focus on other joy. Meanwhile, I'm not still in the same position because I don't know that we'll be able to have children. I mean, we haven't tried. We don't want to try. But I have to work on my mind just as much to not rush this season 
that neither of us feels called to rush. I, too, have to work on the cultural story of what's the time, what does the data say, etc., and balance that with the things I feel called to do, the things Jeremy feels called to do, the fact that neither of us feels anything close to a desire right now to have a baby. So I've got to wrestle with those things. It doesn't just mean that because I'm married or any of those things that everything is, you know, is taken care of. And it doesn't even mean like, even if you had the money to do egg freezing, let's say, just because someone's done egg freezing doesn't mean that those eggs are going to become embryos or the embryos are going to become, you know, fully implanted. I've had that conversation with another girlfriend. It's not a slam dunk insurance policy, you know, anymore. So just pay attention to the other things that will bring you joy. If there is something in your life like that, that feels out of your control, I can't control that I will get married by this age, that I'll have have babies by this age, that I will, you know, whatever it is. Are there other things that you could focus on that you're like, but here's other things I can do that I have more control over that will bring me joy. It doesn't mean that I am saying that dream doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I am minimizing that dream. It just means that I'm not letting my life be held hostage to one thing I can't control, that I have a cultural ideal around what, you know, what the number is. And as I said, it is different and more difficult for women. That's just like legit facts. (laughs) So we can either dwell on that or we can focus on other things. Like I'm not saying that that's easy, but we can just always fight to reframe whenever we feel like a victim. And I think that's something I've really noticed for myself is if I'm feeling disempowered and victimy around something, then that's a story that I can change. Those are thoughts. That's a thought that I'm having and I can have a different thought. So notice also that what you put on yourself you put on the other women in your life. That girl that said, I'm 33, I'm at girlfriends, are all focused on, you know, all the stuff they got to do before they're 30. Like, are those girlfriends realizing every time they say that, the implication that that means for her, if they are saying they must do these things and she hasn't done them? Like, you can't say that 35 is old for you without implying it for your friend too. You can't say, I think 58 is too old to start a business without implying that it's too old for your friend who maybe is hoping to get remarried after her husband passed away or after divorce or, you know, whatever it is. Like, really be conscious that I think we, and this isn't just age. This goes for weight. This goes for size. Like, if we are saying we are heavy, if we are saying we are overweight and we are the same size as our friends, then we're saying that about them too. You know, and I think that we don't choose our words enough because cautiously enough because we are so used to beating ourselves up that we just it just rolls off the tongue and we see other women so separately that in our, our mind we're like, oh, no, no, those two things aren't related. But you hear from this other girl like, but they are. We When we hear them, we do internalize them. Notice anything you're saying about age around younger women. Because you're placing that complex in them. You're like, oh, you're 17. It's it's fine. You're so far away. You're 35. You're fine. You're f- emphasizing some later time that you're at. Well, that woman, woman ha- like, have and help her who lives a long life. She's going to get to that same age. So it doesn't even help to try to downplay the age that they're at. So challenge yourself. How often are you mentioning age, thinking about it, wondering what someone's age is? I felt convicted creating this episode thinking about Jeremy and I comment on that a lot because we go to a very young church and so it feels noteworthy to us a lot of times like we are in the 
older demographic here. We are the elders of the church. Like everyone is so young being in a transient New York City and everyone's like it's a cool young hipster church whatever. And so we often feel that and I think for me to go okay we let let's notice that. Let's you know it and we kind of talk about that. Like let's seek out other people that are our age and let's think about what this means about us staying in New York. Are we always going to be some of the oldest if we stay here because it remains transient? And are we okay with that? Do we really want those older relationships? Can we carve those out here? Do we find those someplace else? Like definitely paying attention to that. And it's the same as the size of clothes someone's wearing or the money that's in their bank account. Like there is zero value and blessing from looking at anyone else and comparing where you rank alongside them in comparison to them, unless we're looking to be inspired. If you're looking to be inspired, that's very different. In our episode back in January uh, with my friend Brian, who lost 100 pounds in the last year, he talked about having these photos, before and after photos on his phone that were so inspiring to him of other people who had gone through that weight loss. I think that is wonderful to look at those people who are inspiring us. But only you know when you look at them, are they making you feel better or worse? Are they making you feel feel behind? Or are you f- taking a little like sick like, oh, well, at least I'm younger than them? Or are you focusing on, like, dang, Laura Dern, get it. Okay, all right, hashtag inspired. You know, I'm not being like, oh, well, look, I'm younger than Laura Dern. Like, I, I'm not, that's not the energy that's coming behind it. So number four is start noticing what you do want. So as far as looking for people to be inspired by, you know, look for they did X at this age. They got out of debt uh, from this amount or they lost this amount of weight. Like it doesn't just have to be in in age. We look at a number that is inspiring to us because we want to get there. We want to make that happen. And it's it's a forward motion. It's not, well, I already passed that age or I mean, I'm going to pass that age in five seconds. Like it's saying here, here is the future. And focusing on those stories that inspire us. I notice older women's style. I notice their beauty. Women who I think age well and sort of look natural and they haven't had too much work done. I really pay attention to that to try to to find now who are examples of people that I want to look to. Who are celebrities that I want to be like, I think she looks really lovely. I'm going to say that now when I'm you know, far away from that to kind of remember that's ultimately what I'm going for. Like I eat up all those memes about the ages that people were at when they did things. Um, I was so looking at the Amal Clooney's and Meghan Markle's when I was single. I mean, I really focused on anyone that I saw that was beautiful and successful and accomplished and in, you know, some age older than 27 and was still single and then met someone who was amazing. I noticed anyone who was dating someone who was younger than him. My friend Bianca Olthoff posted the funniest meme that I just remembered recently that was talking about how all of these women who were dating younger men, and it was like Madonna is 62 and her boyfriend is like 25 or whatever. So she was like, if you're 35 and single, don't worry, boo. Like your boyfriend's being born in 2020. Which like actually was the math for Madonna, which was like pretty wild. But it was really interesting to just go, you know, I get having been single for a long time and getting married later than I wanted that it's easy to go, I would 
literally die. Like not even just hyperbolically. I, I, not as a turn of phrase. I actually literally feel like I would die if I was 62 and still single. But then on the other hand, you're like, but I mean, Madonna lived a pretty baller life. Like no one's feeling bad for Madonna and she's wealthy and she's successful and she's been a sex icon and whatever. And then she's dating this 25 year old. And it had all of these examples of of people who had dated women who were dating younger men. Like focus on that if that is, you know, something that is appealing to you. Like I would notice things like that. As I said, I notice every awards show how what what older age people are at when they are getting their first nomination. I mean, nothing makes me cry harder at an award show than someone who gets up who has gray hair and has gotten their first nominee. I mean, I will, you can ask Jeremy, I will just weep. Like, is there nothing more beautiful than someone who has worked for you know, 50 years at something and is, is at the top of their game and being recognized for it? Like, to be honest, like, okay, Timothy Chalet is like 18 or whatever. He gets nominated. Cool. I mean, and it's not that interesting, right? Like, and yes, on the other hand, we can also find interesting stories. Um, her name is escaping me, but the girl who is the ch- climate change advocate or, you know, Malala. Like, yes, it is also equally inspiring to look at a much younger generation and go, look at the impact somebody can have. You don't have to wait great, let's raise up leaders now. You know, like we can look at both without having to make one or the other the the perfect gold standard. I had two, a couple years ago, I had two members of my team who were women that one uh, had just turned 40 and one had just turned 50. And I was on a call with them one time and I was like, I just love your guys' age. And they're both like, what? And I was like, you just, it just gives me so much peace. I just feel like you have maturity and wisdom. And the one who was 50 was just like, that is just one of the best things that you could ever have said. Like, that, that, that just, I couldn't even love you more for having said that. And I was just being completely honest. Like, to me, I love whenever someone is older and on my team and getting into entrepreneurship. And yet there is someone else out there that is giving a great shot to someone who is 22, and has zero resume to speak of, and they've just got great gut instinct, you are also not too young for your dream role. You know, but I think we feel too young for a much shorter window than we feel too old. So be mindful. If you do feel too young, you will quickly be just as focused on being too old. So don't let yourself give in to the pity party now of, I'm too young, I look too young, because if you're focused on the young, you will be just as focused on the old. It is, to me, it is about trying to dissociate and separate a little bit with that or delight in it wherever we at you know not one isn't better or the other but it's when we're constantly dissatisfied and a little insecure about wherever we're at and finally number five is focus on your beauty and joy what would make you feel more beautiful whatever age you're at that could be you are in high school and you are struggling with acne or you need a more supportive bra because you are more developed than the other women around you. Or that could be that, you know, you just haven't, you are a little older and you just haven't felt beautiful in decades and you've never really felt beautiful since you had four children. Like, but I find that when women take my style and stylability class, through dressing better, Oftentimes with the clothes that were already in their closet, because I challenge you in that class not to shop for while you're going through the class. So most women are not being like, look at this expensive new dress I bought. They're like, look at this outfit that I created from things that are already in my closet. 
And sometimes the women aren't even that much better dressed. They're just more confident or it's just small little changes that they're adjusting. And they'll be like, uh, people are asking me if I've lost weight, if I've changed my hair, if I got work done. It's like they're trying to put their finger on it. And really, they're just more confident. There's just this confidence boosting, glow boosting thing that happens that I see from women of every age, of every size, of different levels of, you know, preferring to dress sexier or more bold or very conservative, very modest, you know, wearing head coverings. I mean, just all across the board, there are women that light up and they feel more joy in their beauty without looking younger, getting Botox, losing weight, like any of those things. Um, Styles can look dated. Maybe it's just paying attention and saying, you know what? I've been wearing my hair the same way for like a decade. I've been doing my makeup the same way for a decade. I've been wearing the same clothes for a decade. Maybe I should just get some new feedback. Go to a younger hairstylist. You know, not crazy younger, but just maybe I need to go to a little bit hipper salon and, and, and say, can you help me can you help me give me a consultation? What are some other hairstyles of women that are that are my age that might be a little more modern? Or you look at what are actresses in my demographic? Can I just notice how are they wearing their hair? How do, you know, whatever your age is, how are women wearing their hair and how do I feel about it? And does it look like the hair I'm wearing? Or you just go to a, a makeup counter person that maybe they look a little younger or maybe they're a little older, but they they just look hip and fresh and beautiful and they just instill that confidence in you. And you're like, I just want to kind of check in. I don't know. Is the way that I'm doing my eyebrows dated? Is the the amount of eyeliner I'm wearing dated? Like, is there anything that could just help me feel a little bit more modern and current? Not like I'm suddenly trying to look 20 years younger, but I just look a little more fresh and modern. Maybe it's following hashtags on Instagram or bloggers who are specifically uh, speaking to a certain age. I'll see bloggers sometimes as I'm hopping around that are like, you know, 40 and over or 50 and over or there's certain hashtags that are being used. Uh, Look for style icons, like I said, celebrities or um, news anchors or musicians or politicians. I mean, it doesn't just have to be women that are sort of in that, you know, aesthetic realm, but just are there people that you would say, she looks lovely. And what is it about that senator who is 55 that you think looks lovely? I have found that I, the older I get, the more confident I get, and um, I am getting more compliments on my skin and my hair in the last year than ever before. I'm sort of like, I'm not really sure, I'm not really doing anything different, guys. Like, people keep being like, what are your secrets? And I'm like, well, okay, I'll try to do a few posts on this, but like, there's nothing so magic. Like, I see an esthetician, I see a dermatologist, but I'm, there aren't, there isn't some... $500 magic product that I'm using. There's no like crazy procedure. I go to an esthetician who is in her 50s. And one of the reasons that I love going to her is because she is substantially older than me and has beautiful natural skin. And I'm like, great, great girl, teach me your secrets. Like, I want to look like her. And I do think that a lot of the reason I get more compliments these days is because of inner confidence. Like, I'm I'm legit not doing anything different to my hair, guys. <laughs> the number of comments I get is comical. And yet, like, I've literally been doing my hair the same way for forever. People ask about me. I've literally, I only know one way to do my makeup. I just do it the same way all the time. Um, I think that there really is something to personal joy 
inner confidence, looking for those things other places. It's why I'm passionate about the work I do as a stylist, because I'm not helping women lose weight or get faceless, face lifts or spend a million dollars on their closet. I'm just helping them get creative and see with fresh eyes the investment they already have for the the body and the lifestyle that they already have. Um, but there are things like I've been eating cleaner. I think that may be helping my skin over the last couple of years. I've shared that one of the reasons I started working out is because I don't want to be weak. I do want to, I feel confident in my body right now. I don't struggle with my weight, which I'm very blessed to do, but I want to start to be aware that I've been comfortable in my body and in 10 years, I might be less comfortable in it. So I'm taking action now. And I don't think that it is ever too late to do that. It doesn't mean that you're suddenly working on your banging bikini bod, but maybe you're like, you know what? I really have not done muscle training. And yes, I would like to strengthen my back. So I too am less hunched over. I would like to strengthen my muscles so that one day when I fall, I will be more resilient at, you know, um, recovering, even if that is, you know, whether that's decades from now or whether that's a year from now. I think having more confidence and seeking that out in your work, your friendships, your relationships, um, just as I think of some of my friends that I think struggle the most with age, I think it's when there is something that they are really focused on. And in a, just in my world, it tends to be marriage and getting pregnant. And again, I have incredible empathy for that. And I'm not saying that I would be so evolved if I was still single, if I hadn't now been with someone for the last three and a half years. Um, I, that is very much something that I struggled with. But as now that I am a, a little bit less removed from my own pain and fear, I'm able to listen to them and go, there's so much emphasis being placed on these things you don't have control over that feel so tied to an age, you know, that truly, if you were 22 instead of 32, would be bothering you a lot less. And I don't know, maybe by 42, they would be bothering you less. But it feels like there's this ticking time clock window that we all know about with our eggs that really ramps this up. And I, I just had a girlfriend leave me this message today about something like this. And I thought... I don't know. Is it is it working to find more confidence and fulfillment and joy, like really, truly joy in other things that you can control rather than waiting for this thing that you can't or wishing that something was different if for you it's, you know, being at an older age. But I do believe, as you know, because I talk about it all the time, that we have more control than we think over our thoughts. We have more control than we realize over our minds, we have more power and ownership than we acknowledge, and we kind of leak a lot of that energy by not paying attention to our thoughts, by not paying attention to the messages that are coming at us in culture. So, you know, for me, marrying Jeremy, we felt like we were getting married later in life compared to our siblings, but suddenly it hits you. <laughs> it's like you want, at least in my experience, it's like you want so so badly for so long to get married. And then all of a sudden it hits you, whatever age you're at, I, I truly believe this would be the same age at whatever every age you're at, but let's say you're 30 and you get married and you're going to live till 90. You suddenly realize you were so desperate for the last 10 years to meet someone. And all of a sudden you have twice the whole entire time you've been on the planet 
to be together. Like how much of my life do I not remember? How many conversations that I had, how many experiences that I had. Like, can you remember what when you were five years old? How long ago is that? Like, that was within this same window. How much do I not remember about being 10? This That was in that same window. So suddenly you're like, all right, cool, babe. So yeah, we've got plenty of years to be married. Like, we're, we're not late. We're, we're going to have plenty of time. we got plenty of time. That's a lot of years. It's a lot of years to not get sick of each other and continue investing in, in marriage with the same one person. And it's the same thing I said to these women who were 58 and asking about starting a business. I said, I've had this conversation with my mom who is in getting to retirement age and trying to decide what she wants to do. And really struggling. We've been talking about it for a few years and I don't quite know what the answer is because I said to her, if you retire at, you know, 60, you could have a whole, uh, and you live until 90, you could have a whole other third of your life yet. Everything you've ever done, do you remember back to when you were 30? All of those years, you could have all of those years ahead of you. So yeah, I don't think you just want to be on the couch and go into TJ Maxx, right? Like, what are you going to do with that time? But she's fighting against the cultural narrative that says, now is the time to retire, which back when people, you know, farmed and worked in factories and for people that do that are doing that, yeah, you know, she works at a, at a desk job. So it's, you know, not becoming as much of an issue. Um, but on the other hand, she is getting older. She is slowing down. She does only work four days a week, but she she works hard. She has a very high pressure job. She is a, um, a event planner at, at a top institute. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. Is there something else that she you know moves into? We have these conversations to say this by no means is like, you know, you got you got a year left to live. What would what would you do? Um, and of course, then there's always the reminder that our time is not guaranteed. And I think that it is really powerful. Find the time that works for you. That if you say to yourself, if I only had three years left to live, what would I do? What would I wish I'd done? Um, maybe for you, it's 10 years. You know, I thought about this when when I was talking about people specifically becoming entrepreneurs. And I thought, well, if you're 58 and you're wondering if you should start a business, I don't know if you said you've only got three years left. Maybe you would say, I think I'd rather just spend them with my grandkids and it's not, you know, I don't think I'd want to start this. So then I'm like, well, maybe for you, it's 10. If you have, If you had 10 years left to live, what would you do? Maybe for you, it's if you had 30 years left to live. What would you do if suddenly you're 16, you're going to live till 90? Well, yeah, you don't want to just sit around. So start a business, girl, like have a whole you know third third act here. So find the number that works for you. For me, it has been very convicting to say like it's been my a big motivation for writing my book is not that I'm in fear of something happened to me, but that test really says. If you only had three years, what would you do? And I've uh, shared here that having that, um, I think it was a couple episodes when I talked about extended travel and for Jeremy and I saying, if we had a kid in three years, what would we do? For us, it's not, you know, if we if we died, but there is just still a different life chapter of, I want to write this book. I have other career goals that I would like to make happen. I would like to travel. And you may already have your kids. Like, don't compare it to mine. But what is it for me that... Heaven forbid something happened to me, 
I I want to leave this this book behind. You know, I I that that is my thing, and I, it's that ticking time clock starts to help me. Maybe for you, the three years really wakes you up into. I don't want to. I don't want to futz around. What have you said to yourself? What if I was not married in the next three years? What would I wish I had done? What if I don't have a baby for the next 10 years? How would I wish I have lived my life? I mean, I think those are compelling questions because this girlfriend that I was talking with today where she's like, honestly, I just so badly want to be a mom that I just don't really, I don't really care about my career. I'm not passionate about it because I just want to be a mom. But she wants to do that in a relationship and she's not in a relationship. So I wonder if you said, what if that wasn't going to happen for 10 years? What would you do? Because you wouldn't just want to waste these 10 years. But the mindset is, well, but it might happen. It might be about to to happen. So I'm I'm not going to live in the present. I'm really just holding my breath for the future instead of moving the goalposts farther away and being like, actually, if it is in the future, let me do this now. And if it pops up all of a sudden and you're having a baby in two years, great, you can readjust. There's no way you're going to be like, oh, well, I'm disappointed that I had those great life experiences or I found that new thing that I was passionate about. So I would say either define yourself by your age and say it proudly. Be proud of the age that you're at if that brings you joy and if that feels healthy for you. If you can roll your shoulders back and have that royal mindset we talked about on January 1 in that episode, you're just you're so confident in who you are. A, a royal would never apologize. Why does Kate Middleton need to apologize for her age? She's a future queen. She'll be queen at the age she's a queen. Like, you know, is is part of it that? Or don't define yourself by your age. And when someone asks, say well, a lady never discusses her age in polite society and then change the subject. Truly. Well, a, well, a lady never discusses her age in polite society. Um, but anyways, are you guys going to that thing on Thursday night? Like, seriously, just pivot. We, we did a whole episode as well on how to, um, how to pivot conversations. So don't define yourself by your age. Don't make your milestones around it. Don't make your markers around it. Instead, focus on, it doesn't matter what age I'm at. What do I want to do in this three-year season? What do I want to do in this next chapter of this? What do I want to do while my kids are at this age or whatever it is? So again, I would encourage you today to, number one, ponder, think, and journal on this. I don't see that this is a conversation we're having a lot. And I'm really curious what would come up for you because it is so deeply personal and I am not pretending to have all the answers. Number two, do some research on people who will inspire you, whatever that is for you. Is it people that are older? Is it a people that are younger? Is it people that did things when they were single or when they were married or when they were moms or when they were not moms? Like I say this all the time when I'm talking to other entrepreneurs, focus on stories that inspire you. If you have five kids at homeschool, don't look at the way I run my business. You're just going to see, well, that wouldn't work for me. Focus on all the stories of moms who are running businesses. Focus on moms who are running businesses that you don't think make a lot of money so you don't feel like they have help. Or, you know, if you're like, well, but those are fancy people that can afford to hire help. Whatever it is, focus on the stories that inspire you. Focus on the stories of age that inspire you. And it doesn't have to be attached to a number. It can just even be someone that 
to you looks older or looks confident or whatever. And number three, have a conversation with a friend, whether that's someone the same age and you're just talking about your perspective or someone that is older and you're kind of asking their perspective on age or someone who's younger and you are giving them some perspective and come over and hang out on Instagram and Instagram stories. Join our conversations like this. I would love to hear more of your thoughts on this topic. I'm sure that it is something that will come up more over the years as I am speaking and teaching and exploring what makes women feel beautiful and stylish and confident in their own skin. So I'm really honored to hear all of our perspectives on this wherever you are in the spectrum and however you believe um, and feel for yourself. It really is beautiful to me how diverse in age this community is. The number of people that I hear from that tell me in your comments or the voice memos you leave or the reviews that you that you write what your age is, not that everyone needs to, but therefore I know the fact that this podcast resonates with all of you really is one of the things that makes me feel hopeful about humanity and passionate about the work I do. Because whether you are 18 or 78, literally, we encompass both of those demographics at Dean Street Society and the You're Welcome podcast, you're touched by the same episodes, which means we have more in common. We are closer to one another in empathy, in understanding experience and sisterhood than we realize and i am so grateful that you are here oh wait one more thing don't miss this before you go love p.s something i'm loving lately is the netflix documentary called american factory it was nominated for an oscar y'all i love first of all seeing the behind the scenes of any industry I don't know if anyone else feels like this, that I I just can't picture what a lot of pe- other people do all day. Like my friends that are like, I'm a financial analyst. I'm like, what do you actually do? What does your workday look like? And they're like, oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a business consultant. What do you do? Like what, when you put together your little reports, what's in your reports? Like what do you, I just, I, I have a hard time understanding what other people do. I would love to just like be a fly on the wall and follow other people around. So I'm really interested whenever I can get that inside look at an industry that is not the one, the one that I've walked in. And this specific documentary just, I feel like if there is anyone who ever complains about your work, go watch this documentary. It is so convicting how challenging it is to work in a factory. Like that is just not, it's not a life that I grew up around. It's a life that Jeremy grew up around. Um, He has worked in factories. He grew up more in the Midwest, in Michigan and Ohio, and um, in a lot of like more rural areas. I just did not grow up around that. I'm not, um, you know, didn't come from the Rust Belt. I don't have a lot of experience with that. And um, man, I just, I'll be honest. I was just like, how, how ungrateful am I? (laughs) for things that are in my life, for the fact that I get to do work that I feel like really makes a difference in people's lives and uses my talents and I feel respected that I get to create jobs for other people on my team where they are using their talents, where they feel respected, where they feel like they're making a difference. Um, It just, it was, it wasn't necessarily a sad movie, but it was very sobering and compelling. And, you know, I think anyone 
who is letting age stop you, get inspired by how much more opportunity you have than the people who were in this town. Like there is very little opportunity for them. Um, And I hope that it makes all of us more compassionate when we think about the policies in our country. For those of you who are in the U.S. or in your own countries, um, that it, it makes us more compassionate with politics and laws and taxes and automation and um it it isn't something that is going away either it is something that is only going to grow there are staggering statistics about the number of jobs that will be lost based on automation and um it really it was like a non-political look inside something that I think is probably feels very politicized at times. And we hear it through the news and then there's a lens one way or the other, sort of pro or con. And this one was just very much letting these people tell their stories. And um, there are some beautiful friendships across ages and cultures. There's just one in particular of a guy that is um, friends with some younger workers. And it just, it was really beautiful to see that. Um, It's not depressing, but it also doesn't feel hopeful. I think that to me, it just felt like very real to see what a lot of our brothers and sisters, so to speak, are going to and how we can be more sensitive to them and just grateful and aware of what we have if we do have more opportunity in the world, if we do have more places we can work, more uh, things that are available to us, not having to stay in work conditions that um, feel unsafe or feel degrading or aren't, you know, paying enough and, um, Anyone who knows someone who works in a factory, I hope we can get more women there listening to the You're Welcome podcast and feeling more joy, beauty, and community because, again, the more diverse this community of Dean Street Society is, we all benefit from it. We are all more blessed from it, and uh, again, the more that you share vulnerably in Instagram comments and DMs and podcast reviews and the more that you share your story and um, help give me those those perspectives to teach from, it just benefits all of us. So again, I am so honored that you are here. Thank you for sharing your hearts with me and I cannot wait to chat more about this and many other topics over on Instagram. So I'll see you there with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.